0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. I have Justin Weisinger on the show today. We've been uh, Instagram friends for a little bit. He reached out a while back, uh, was digging on some of the Instagram content. Uh, which you can check out as well. Uh, Link is in the description. It's at the underscore spiritual underscore nomad. Shameless plug. But Justin connected with me on Instagram and started chatting with me just about this book that he had been writing called The Childlike Heist. And I thought that it might be a good idea to come on and chat with us and just uh, remind us about the childlike aspect of any sort of spirituality or faith. And so that resonated with me because part of my deconstruction was revisiting the notion of the simplicity of just any sort of faith or spiritual life a lot of times we get adult and we make it all adult things and theology and complex theories and you know Jesus just says hey it's simple it's being like a child it's having this faith and being full of love and having peace and being even I would even say excited about things you know whenever I was a kid I was super stoked on everything and uh, so Justin comes on and chats with us today just about his new book that just came out and uh, so I won't chat too much I do a little intro for him when we're live so uh, with that said I'm going to go ahead and transition to the conversation I had with Justin Weisinger author of The Childlike Heist. Justin, this is awesome to have you on the show. Everybody, we have Justin Weisinger on the show today. Um, you reached out to me, I don't know, maybe six months ago, maybe more than that. I don't know. Some, somewhere yeah. along the line, I saw you yep. on Instagram and engaging with some of my stuff. And um, somewhere along the line, we started DMing and having some sort of an Insta friendship. And mm-hmm. um, Justin's on the show today talking about a new book that he just released And he's an author, and now, maybe it's safe to say, maybe it's not an Instagram personality or becoming one at least, and uh, it's just cool to be able to have somebody on the podcast talking about something that really is important to me too, and it's about embracing the childlike piece of, of our faith. And so for Spiritual Nomad, a lot of people have been in and out of more rigorous religious institutions. And um, a lot of people are trying to find their way and what it means to have a vibrant spirituality and a a really healthy faith, sometimes outside of, you know, these institutions. And for me, something that whenever I was going through a major deconstruction point was really revisiting um, just the simplicity of what faith is, not just in Christianity, but just at large for all of these, you know, traditions it seems to me that very simplistic faith is the key component um, that really, mm-hmm. I think, pulls out a lot of the, the childlike aspects of our nature. You know, it seems like we're yeah. all just kind of like just really grown up, obviously, really grown up kids. And a lot of the ways that we engage best as adults is just reflections of how we engage best even as kids, right? So Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's one thing that really struck me initially just about the premise of your book and so if you wouldn't mind just kind of break down some of that premise but initially whenever you're talking about doing a podcast I'm like okay well the whole childlike heist thing you know that's the name of the book right
1: yeah the childlike
0: heist it, it really was like oh man well childlike anything just sounds fun to me mm-hmm, as an enneagram sure. seven I think you are too <laughs> I am and too, yeah. uh, I was just like okay we can definitely chat because uh you know I want to pull back some of that, um, faith that back into the simplicity and the childlike of that. So just, uh, give me a little bit of a premise about the book and why, yeah, why you even started to, to write a book like this, you know?
1: Absolutely, man. So yeah, so the, the, the tagline on the book is called, is a recapturing childlike wonder in a crazy messed up adult world. And I guess the real notion I wanted to unpack is I was, I was actually at a mastermind with Jeff Goins. He's a selling author of like real artists don't starve and like the art of work and a few books like that. So I got to go to Nashville in January and I was sitting around a round table and I, I had my book already done and like nobody else had written a book yet. They're all kind of brainstorming ideas for a book and I had, and I, it was next, I was next in line to talk about my big idea of the book and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I uh, I had a big idea, but it didn't feel big enough, and I wasn't excited about it, even though the book was done. I was excited <laughs> about the book. I wasn't excited about like what the point of the book was. And I was like, being childlike, I used to think that being childlike was a season of life, but now I know it's a mindset. And I'm mm. like... That's not fun. Like, that's not childlike. or That's not, like, an exciting big idea. So I guess the point of the book is that that Jeff kind of emphasized for me was um, maybe, Justin, you should think about it this way. Like, I used to think that being childlike was a season of life, but now I know it's the point of life. Mm. And I'm like, I can get excited about that. So, yes. And it wasn't, like, it was, it was just reframing what I was trying to say the whole time in the book. It wasn't trying to, like, muster up something that it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, you know, stamping a label on like Lord of the Rings and saying it's it's a romantic fantasy about true love, you know, like it wasn't (laughs) like reframing the whole book to be something it wasn't. It was just reemphasizing kind of getting at the heart of what it was about. So like I paid a lot of money to be there, but like even just that one little quote that I can put on the back of the book made it worthwhile for me. Cause like when people ask me, I'm like, what's it about? I'm like, well, basically I think that, you know, whether you're an evangelical Christian or you're just, you know, a North American, a lot of the time, I think we get bogged down growing up, like you said, you know, we become an adult, which is fine, like, being an adult is a given, you know, we get great, we get older, we get hair under our armpits, our voices go deeper, we get taller, we have to pay bills, we get a credit card in the mail, we have to get driver's test, like, all those things are kind of a given and a non-negotiable with being an adult, but, I really believe that, and I argue in my book is that being a grown up is like a is a choice like it's a hmm. system, and it's kind of an indoctrination, and it's kind of a mass mentality that like most of North Americans and most of the world plays into, and we don't have to play into it, but most people think that we have to grow up, yeah like that we have to grow out of our childlike nature, but really, like if we want to engage the kingdom of heaven, which I think we all want a part of, and the kingdom that Jesus talked about a lot in the Bible was. You know, it says in Matthew eighteen three the the whole like verse kind of around this book is um, Matthew eighteen three, which says, "If you want to, you know, experience and enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to approach it and become a child to enter it. Like you won't be able to enter it at all unless you become childlike and become like a child." Yeah. And, then, and then the the, uh, the disciples go on to say, "Well, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" And they all had it in their minds that one of the you know one of the leaders like Peter or someone was going to be the greatest. But then he's, he brings – Jesus brings a child into his midst and says, this little one is the greatest in the kingdom. Yeah. And those yeah. things, like, I, I feel like they never got preached in church. And, like, I never really – nobody ever unpacked that for me in, like, a really meaningful way because I feel it's so poignant, like – I don't think Jesus ever really gives a decree like that's so crazy and like so countercultural to the world we live in today. Like you need to become like a child because that's how you see and enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're really, I think we're kind of missing the boat. So I was like, I'm not a pastor by any means, but I've, you know, worked at youth camps and a lot of my childhood and youth years were spent working at a christian summer camp and as the worship director and a counselor and stuff so i kind of always engaged that childlike nature of you know being an enneagram seven and being enthusiastic about everything and just going yeah. from one adventure to the next and stuff so i've always had that nature and i've never lost that childlikeness but i'm like what if it, this is attainable for everybody like what if we can all choose to live in wonderland like i I was on Jared uh, Jared on Gaza's show. His dad's Dan Miller, who wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love. Mm. And he was talking about, he wrote a book with his dad called um, Passion Meets Purpose. And um, it was really cool. He has a a whole chapter called Wonder, and he talks about Bob Goff and stuff and about how Bob's just a wild wonder enthusiast and stuff. And he's also an Enneagram 7, which I found was awesome but uh which doesn't take w- you long to realize you and know no, like once, once you learn you, the as enneagram soon as, I read it, like, as soon as i read ian krons book i'm like oh bob's definitely a seven and i like they even say the word child like wonder in like that chapter i'm like oh my gosh
0: even in love does great. like you know he's like laughing about getting fired from jobs and stuff and everything it's like
1: you know yeah. you just have and to I give it back, to the guy you know I think like, back to like a plumbing job i had like four years ago i was like I was super like ready to roll out of there. Like I was, I didn't know what my next was, but I knew I like I wasn't gonna be a plumber my whole life. So I got fired or laid off—not fired, but I got laid off. Like, and the day I got laid off, I was like helping all the foremen like figure out a new strategy to like lay pipe, and they were like getting mad at me. And then, and then this guy, the boss, comes in. He's like, "Dude, we have to let you go." And I gave the guy a hug, and I'm like, "Yes, this is the best news ever!" And I literally turned on. I forget what song I turned on. Some '80s rock song. I like cranked it and like peeled out of the parking lot, the gravel parking lot in yeah. my car. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went on to like not get a job and record a CD in like a month and then release it, and it was great. But That's, that's kind of so what, awesome. Yeah. I'm the same way.
0: So I just finished up my. Uh, I've been selling insurance and it yeah. two plumbers and things. So it's commercial insurance, and I just finished oh, okay. up you know the job and everything and I'm like on cloud nine people are like well how are you gonna like pay your bills I'm like that's not the point right now you know
1: the point (laughs) is I'm free you know it's like yeah (laughs) that's so So great
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, but I I don't
1: feel like I mean I don't want everybody in the world to be like me and I'm sure you don't want everybody to be like you like my girlfriend's a three she's an achiever you know she's hardcore and I have friends that are like my friend that whose house I'm at right now is he's a five and he's with a four wing and he's really artsy and stuff, but he's very skeptical and he's very into like, he wants to learn to know stuff. Like He just bought the new, this new Enneagram book and he's really into like knowledge and research and stuff. But I think we can, we can all overanalyze being a grown up and kind of like we get stuck in this mindset that it's a mindset really is that yeah. we, we choose to adopt all these beliefs that don't actually like help us in our lives. Like we're like, well, I have to, you know, boost up, is it called a 401k in the States? Like retirement fund. It's like, I got to boost my 401k or my mutual funds. I've got to stack cash in the bank and I've got to, you know, I've got to get my mortgage paid off by 50. But whoever said you had to have a mortgage in the first place, like who said you needed to retire? So like in the first chapter of my book, I talk about how like Jesus never, uh encouraged us to retire from the amazing life that he wants us to experience you mm. know like who's saying that like who told you the lie that you need to retire someday anyways you know like yeah. you're, you have, yeah. all, we have we have these thoughts based on opinions based on you know facts quote unquote but they're just marketing ploys you know they're just marketing ploys and the, right. really it's the enemy is just a big marketer of like suckiness and boredom because what happens is you know I think a lot of the time we just get bored and stressed out and like jaded in our lives because we think that what we're doing is noble and admirable like we think being a grown up is the way of life that maybe even Jesus wanted it or expected from us, you know, like we've got to pay our tithes, you know, on time. We've got to do all this stuff. We've got to go to church every Sunday. And like, I love the church and local churches and stuff, but I think we're really missing the point when we be, when we look back at our lives at like age 65, like we're sitting, we've been sitting on a pew for 40 years and all we have to show for is like a little bit of money in the bank and we're like tired, you yes. know, like, is that the kind oh, of life man. that like God wants us to live? And like, is that the kind of life that my Savior and, like, Lord like, wants me to, like— Like, if he died for, like, sins of the world, then, like, that means that we get to live for something more than just, like, boredom and, like, stress and anxiety and stuff, right? And, like, I see kids—like, yes. there's—I I really believe, like, I, I stressed it in the book that, like, I, I think that kids are actually, like, living in the kingdom of heaven, but we take it from them, you yeah. know? Like, they're not they're not born into being a grown-up. They're not born into the same reality that adults face— on a daily like they're actually living and engaging in the kingdom of heaven and nobody has to tell them the truth about god when they're young when, when i'm like when i talk to my girlfriend she's a single mother of two girls and i'm like hey Fanny, like god loves you and stuff she's six and she's like yeah i know he does and he's awesome you know and they just it's, take yes, it and right, right. it's a second nature right but like when we get skeptical we get older and jaded we're just like oh but i've got to analyze this for a bit and like i've got to you know, check my sources and I've got to validate this with information and stuff. It's like, no, like you're well informed enough to be like uninformed. You know, we need to like, yeah, we need to go back to where we didn't know anything, you know, and then actually see that God's real and stuff. So,
0: and people spend so much time, even like the, the analytical piece of that, like when you're young, you're just like, oh, yeah, like this God loves me and I love this God. And it's, it's even kind of like, arbitrary like you don't even really know necessarily what that is you just you feel it you sense it you experience it which i as i think is the yeah. amazing thing of how kids do yeah. that and then exactly. you're right you start to get into that more critical thinking place and then like you know i was in a very conservative mindset of christianity maybe seven years ago and mm-hmm. i was just like i spent so much time trying to unpack theologically if god loved me first or if i loved god first you know oh. <laughs> yeah and it's like you know, eventually it's like, I, no kid is sitting around wondering, hmm, yeah. did I love this being first? Or, mm-hmm. And it's like, then if we're really honest, it's like, who even is the being? Like, you know, yeah. and then we get into all of, that's where Q theology, right? And that's where yeah. all of this stuff comes in. And, oh, well, you know, it's this and that. And it's like, for me, like the ancient, you know, uh, the Hebrews, they they had this more sense of like, even childlike appropriation to God, it's like
1: mm-hmm. God
0: had you know fifty names, right? It's like Oh Elohim, yeah. and has just breathing all of these. was saying
1: His name you exactly. Know? That's
0: what Yahweh comes like, from. Yah,
1: Yahweh, you know, is like, the
0: breath in and out the hay, breath of hay, life. In. Yeah, and I think about kids like, well, they name everything fifty things. Like my daughter will have one thing, and depending on how she's playing with it, it will have these different names, you know. And it's yeah, like exactly that is a A more childlike way of engaging the divine and we get so hung up analytically you know especially like you know i come out of the evangelical world i don't i'm not in that world anymore yeah for reasons that if people care to know they can listen to other stuff of mine you know yeah and it's like for me it's like well because even just something as simple as that it's like well We've got too analytical about like how God only responds to certain names. I don't think if God is so good and great and omnipotent and all these things yeah He's really worried about how his children respond to him and what they call him and how they yeah. appropriate their own cultural language to him like i don't totally. think that the divine is as worried about that yeah and, uh, i don't
1: think he's stressed out about us not right, reading the right bible translation or like no. and i guess in my book i talked about like i actually like quit reading the bible altogether and instead let god's word read me cuz it yeah. like uncovers my flaws and my you know my my misguided judgments and all that kind of stuff like i still read the bible but like I honestly just like to meditate on the word and be like God, like you are like the truth. You know, I don't need to like listen to Pastor, so and so. You know, I don't need to listen to Stephen Furtick for half an hour on Facebook to like get you know wisdom from God because like you are wisdom. You know, and like you can like, I don't think I got the revelation for this childlike Heist book from like man. I was just like hanging out with my dad. You know, and I was just like, hey God, like I think people need to like learn about this stuff, and I want to learn too. So like the whole book for me was like. It was a two-week period of writing it. I can go kind of back into the story. Like I was freelance videography working for a bit, and I had kind of a lull for a few weeks. And I was I would finished a freedom session course for this kind of like inner healing, like twelve-step program kind of thing, like overcoming like pornography and stuff. And um, and it was a church-based course, but it was really cool. And um, but I didn't really like feel like I had any like inner healing necessarily. Like I, f- I kind of felt the whole idea was kind of hokey. And I'm like I don't know. But then like I was just kind of meditating you know, just, just sitting in stillness and stuff. And then the, the title, the childlike heist just hit me like a load of bricks. And I'm like, Whoa, what does that mean? And then I was, um, just kind of compelled, you know, by the Holy spirit or by the spirit of God to like look up some old writings I did on my laptop from a few summers ago at camp. And I had a few kind of half written stories and stuff. And I'm like, these could be really good if I put some time and effort into like, they could make a cool blog post. So when I decided, I'm like, well, I'm not working right now. I'm just going to like spend the next, foreseeable future writing and seeing everything i can remember from my childhood because like bob goff talked to one time about how he just tried to remember everything he ever did in his whole life and he decided to write all of it down so i'm yeah. like i'm just gonna do the same thing so I that became like, love does right yeah exactly so yeah. like i wasn't trying to do anything crazy or like reinvent the wheel or copy bob goff i was just trying to like write down everything i could remember from my childhood like everything you know because i think we forget like of our childhood you know and I think most of the lessons that we need for our whole lives and most of the wisdom we need is like comes at us when we're like eight or ten but like the tragedy is that a lot of kids experience trauma and like you know sexual abuse like I did and various things that you know cause us to like shelter that childlike nature and to grow up too fast you know if at all you know like we we shouldn't be growing up but we grow up too fast you know even if we're going to anyways it's like it happens at nine you know like a kid's abused or, you know, a kid, a dad leaves, like my dad left in junior high and things like that happen where it just kind of sabotages our childlike nature and the enemy robs us of that potential and of that, like, capacity to stay young at heart, right? So that's kind of what the book's about is I just unpack all these stories of ways that I, like, you know, lost moments of childlike wonder for periods of time and how the enemy tried to, like, dismantle that nature in me, but how I fought to, like, have, you know, as an adult to have that revelation and like go back to those places because God's outside of time and space. Like he can heal me at age six and I can be transformed now from that age. You know, like, I don't care if, you know, oh, man. I, it happened to me 20 years ago. Like you, God can go back to those moments. Like in that week of, in that week of, uh, that two weeks of writing, like God went to every moment of wound and trauma and pain from my childhood And healed me so that it, like, edified my older self. And I'm like, I'm not a grown-up anymore. This is awesome. (laughs) so Dude, that's crazy. I almost am thinking about, like, multiverse things and getting super totally at this point. (laughs) There was a a study I heard. I forget what book I was reading. But there was – they were were talking about prayer. Oh, it was doctor – it's something about, like, reprogramming your brain. Not Carolyn Leaf. It was another guy – Something I'll, I'll think about. I'll give you the notes for it later. But this doctor was talking about. He was a neuroplasticity surgeon or something, and he was saying there was a study where um, they were testing the power of prayer. So they they had a bunch of like a hundred people pray for hospital patients that were in a you know had a certain disease or a sickness in this hospital. So these people, this group prayed for these people, and then what they didn't know was that the people were already all um, out of the hospital, but that they're actual. They went to check on all these people, and all of their um, sicknesses had gone away, but they were prayed for like when they were sick years previously or something like that. Like it was just some weird connection where like they're praying for them at a different period of time and it was just nuts. But I just kind of made me think that, you know, if God's all powerful and omnipotent then like, we can like, he can heal people at different points in their lives, even if they're in the future, like who knows, like or in the present. So
0: yeah, that's one thing that was a trip for me is just thinking about eternity is not a length of time or an elapsed time, but rather it's something that's separate from time altogether. You yeah, know? and it's exactly. like if you've seen um Oh, what's that movie with Matthew McConaughey? Um where he's like space trap Interstellar, right? Interstellar, yeah. Like, if you see like towards the end of the movie where he's like in that like almost fourth dimension thing where he's pushing the books like off yeah. the shelf from the inside it's like that is more of a an idea of eternity that's like everything happening simultaneously yet without beginning and you know outside the realm of time and space you know and it's like exactly who knows what could happen but mm-hmm. even having that thought or having that curiosity i think it's yeah. a reflection of a childlike approach sure. you know? and, I think, <laughs> and that's the big yeah, thing go ahead go uh, ahead just just simply that um it, it's a hard line to toe between because as you know and if anybody's hung around spiritual nomad for a little while they know i'm i love the enneagram so To reference Enneagram again, we do as a seven in health to go more to that five of like an intellectual place, you know? Yeah. And so I I definitely feel better whenever I'm focusing in on that. But it's always not to overdo it, right? Like in that area. And so for me, whenever I think about it, it's like, well, I feel like there still needs to be some sort of like intellectual, you know, sustainability for my life or like my curiosity. Mm -hmm. I've had people – especially as I've been through deconstruction and have reconstructed in a vastly different way from my original tenets of faith if you will um, yeah you know I've had people tell me oh you're just you're thinking too much or you're you're too smart for your own good or anything yeah. like that and it's like well I God gave me a brain to comprehend and think and be curious and I think yeah. that it would be you know uh, wrongdoing to this creator you know of me to not put to full use what he's given he she sorry exactly i I naturally say he sorry listeners he you know the divine give has given to me Mm -hmm. and it's like but yet how do i be quote smart about things yet still hold the attention of a very open-ended yeah you know magical almost approach to the divine that like kids seem to have so that's been like Mm -hmm. a struggle for me um Figure like, out how to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think the the cool thing too is like, I don't think kids are worried about their salvation. Like, they're not stressed out if they're going to heaven or if they're like, exactly, if they've done too many things to go to hell. Like, and it really makes you think, like, I just kind of unpacked and I don't think I went through everything, but I tried to like think about all of the attributes of a child that's so different from like, our grown up selves, mm. you know, and like things like that. Like, when you t- say, like, you're going to burn in hell for eternity, they're like, are you insane? Like, are you actually, like, on crack? We have to you like, they're them like, no, I'm gonna play with evil. my friends. You, you know? know, like, I mean? <laughs> like, when they're taught about, like, hell and stuff, they're just like, what? No. Like, you just not like that. They're just exactly. like, they're curious about the right stuff, but they're not willing to be, like, swayed by, like, and that's opening a can of worms for sure. But, like, you can take that however you want. But, like, I just know for a fact little kids, when you tell them about these big adult beliefs and stuff, they're not, like, buying it, you know, a lot of the time. And they're like, you know, my God's, like, good. He loves me and stuff. And he loves my neighbor who doesn't even know his name yet. And, you know, so.
0: Yes, yes. And that's what I think's just so simple about it. And I forget this quote, you know, who uh, to I attribute this to, but I read a quote recently um, about that all children are Zen masters, you know? And I forget which yogi said that or whatever, but it was like, it was that same notion that like we are working so hard as adults, those of us that that are choosing to try to be conscious about our life and, you know, Mm -hmm. spiritually developed and, and, um, you know, in a more experiential spirituality rather. um, Like we're trying, at least me, I look at my, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I'm like, my wife, Lindsay, and I talk about, we're working so hard to try to become more like them, you know? And they're working so hard to become like us. And it's this weird thing. And it almost still, so like even going back to what I was saying, like, I think there is like this, the value of the, I mean, everything is good in balance, right? That's, that's essentially, that's what Ecclesiastes, you know? Yeah, essentially saying, you know, um, moderation, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, how do I do that? And so for me, learning how to become and allow more of my child, like even me moving to California was like, I I was just trying to get out of a particular way and line of thinking and being and get back to the things that I felt like have been robbed from me. Yeah, because of having to adult. Like I yeah. I've always like yeah. played music and I yeah. haven't played drums in years. I'm like, man, like as a kid, I loved doing that. And like I joined yeah. a band out here, right? And I was like nice. I had a wife and kids and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like going to play music that I played when I was fifteen. You know, like super aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. angsty, you know, punk or whatever. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I felt um I felt almost weird. Like I felt guilty. It didn't feel right. It felt like I was doing something childish you know it almost felt like you know like when you are getting in your teen years and maybe you're maybe some people do still play the legos in their teens but it's like yeah like maybe like i pulled out my legos whenever i was a teenager and started playing like i was when i was eight and then like my mom would walk in and i'd put them away real quick and be like oh i wasn't playing with that what do you mean yeah yeah exactly that's almost how i felt about going to play music again was like oh wow like, oh man, like, you know, I tell my wife, oh, I'm going to band practice. And I felt like a little kid trying to do something um, that was like not supposed to be for adult mm-hmm. me that needs to go to work and make money. And, you know, like, yeah. I wasn't getting monetary value from that because mm-hmm. nobody that plays hardcore music necessarily gets yeah. money. <laughs> but, like, I, I w- so therefore, it wasn't being qualified in my adult mind. And I think yeah. we have an unfortunate way of interpreting the world that like if we aren't getting some sort of like adult like value like if i'm not increasing my savings or going into more debt right somehow that's like an adult thing to do you know then i'm somehow wasting my time and being like a kid but those are the things that have brought me the most life and joy and you know peace even too um
1: so, yeah, like it's. I have a line in my book that says, like, we can't quantify what we can't qualify with like rational equations and facts and stuff, right? And, right. you know, and God isn't something that we can just unpack into an equation, you know, like spirituality isn't something that we can formulate. You know, we can try to make it into religion, but it's going to make us feeling bored and like, and like angsty and stressed out and like want nothing to do with it at some point in our lives, exactly. you know? So,
0: 100%. Yeah. So, for your book, um, if you could say just maybe like maybe we can start wrapping up a little bit i want to just say like if there was something that would be transformational for people that like what would be like the best feedback that you would love to hear from somebody who read your book does that make sense like somebody's like i read your book and it impacted me in x way like what would be like ah like that is just exactly what i was after if you could Mm -hmm. just boil it down
1: Yeah, I feel like the biggest thing for me is, like, paradigms and stuff, ways of thinking and ways of living and habitually living, too, right? Like, um, so I think for someone to come to me who they already have and said that, like, you forced me to, like, go back to, like, moments from my childhood and, like, relive some hard times, and I, like, found healing in it, you know, and Mm. I, I feel like I can be a more creative person or be a more imaginative person or, you know, I I decided to go back to that dream I laid down when I was a kid or when I was a young adult and stuff. And I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to be in that band. I'm going to start that business. You know, I'm going to, you know, go to school or I'm going to drop out of school, you know, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just having like, I think just you know, we all have an ambition, like Bob talks a lot about that. Like we all have ambitions that we've maybe dropped over time or we haven't told anybody about. But the big part is telling somebody about it and um and the big thing for me is like when I was younger, in my early twenties, like I didn't really have I like music and I was in a pop punk band for a few years. I mean, we didn't really tour much, but we were kinda like on the brink of you know blowing up locally before my friend like brady wanted to quit the band he was the lead singer and guitarist and uh, he kind of bailed on us and then my like drummer started smoking pot and we we're just kind of like not cool with that at the time so we we're just like i don't know <laughs> it was just kind of like a bunch of funks that happened but i was so into music and i was like i want to pursue this thing so i started writing songs from you know just learned guitar at like 21 and started playing tunes and playing at camps and stuff and whatever but i think the big thing is like finding your and my ambition involved over time like i wanted to be when i was in grade seven i wanted to be the best camp counselor ever so that was my dream you know then in grade nine i wanted to be the best video camp filmer ever so i did that in ha- after high school and then i wanted to be the best camp speaker ever and like after high school so i'm finally fulfilling that dream this summer and getting to speak at some camps but it's kind of like you know, I think we just need to, like, pick an ambition and, like, go with it. And I, if I want to inspire somebody by my book, I would say, like, if they if they had a dream that they left dormant that was just kind of lingering in the back of their minds, like a, a childlike dream of doing something or creating something amazing, I would just hope that they would uh, realize that they have permission. Like, God mm. is giving them full permission, and he's given them every ability they need is already inside them to produce and be someone incredible, right? So we don't need to look for a religious standard to, like, evoke us permission. You know, we don't have to look to, you know, a formula or a verse in the Bible to give us permission. We can just look to Jesus, and, and He says like, it's a yes. Like when when religion and society says no, Jesus just says go. He's like, yeah. just go for it. We're like, but like I'm looking for a sign. He's like, guess what? I died for you. Isn't that a sign? Like, isn't that enough? Like when I met my girlfriend, and you know, replying to. Maybe get engaged soon and stuff. I have to say maybe because like she's probably going to listen to this soon, and I want to <laughs> keep it. But <laughs> that's okay. But like when I when I met my girlfriend, like it wasn't like I had God like come out of the clouds being like she's yours and stuff. You know, I didn't need to like a moment. I just needed to decide and make a decision and plant an ambition and run with it. And I was just like, I'm going to pursue her because she's wonderful and she's really cute and she's got nice glasses and stuff. And I think and she's like you know she loves God and yeah. So I think. I would just hope that people would read my book and be like, wow, like, yeah, that reminded me of an ambition I had as a kid. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to build buildings or be an architect, but you know, somebody tore down my tree fort when I was 10 and that was really crappy of them, you know, and that kind of halted that ambition. So like for them to go back to a moment in their lives where they had an ambition growing and bubbling up inside of them where like an adult or a grown up said, no, you're not allowed to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. no, grow up and you have to go to school, you have to get a real job. So like going back to that moment of like collapse and, and God saying like whispering, Hey, there's still hope. There's still time to be something incredible. So like, it's not too late to pursue a God sized dream, no matter what your age, right? Like, cause you know, God isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for perseverance in our lives. So if we can just realize that like, you know, sticking to the course and even having to restart is okay. Like we don't have to, you know, be don't compare your chapter three to somebody's chapter 25, you know, like don't compare your business startup to Jeff Bezos like global empire. You know, like we can all, he started in like a crappy garage with like a spray painted sign on his wall too. in like 1994. So there's still hope for you. So that's kind of what the point I want to get across is like, just share like a radical hope with people that there's like a better way to live and just go for it. Hmm. So
0: I love that, man. I mean, execution on intuition is basically been my, like go-to thing, you know, it's like, if yeah. you like the spirit of God, I think is in you functioning in this sort of intuition and you already know. So you don't need anything exterior to tell mm-hmm. you, I love what you said. It's interior. It's already there. Yeah. The seeds been planted. Yeah. And that, that sort of hunch that you have, that desire, that, mm-hmm. that thing, whatever it may be, the only thing that is in the way of that is not a sign, but mm-hmm. rather the things and the barricades that we've placed in front of ourselves, you know, to do that. Yeah. So I love that, and I think it's cool that you are taking that ability uh, that you have of writing and putting it to use, and you're doing exactly what we're talking
1: about here. And mm-hmm. um,
0: so, where and the big apply? thing I want to
1: add to is like yeah. one last thought I had was um, like Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is inside of you, right? Yeah. Like it's as close yes. as your skin. So like I think. I don't, I'm not like writing some new concept that's like, you know, heretical or anything like that in my book. I'm just like, all I'm doing is like recrafting what Jesus already said. But like, I think we just get over, we only read what we want to read and want to hear in the Bible a lot of the time. That's the problem I have with it is that like, we'll read what we want to listen to what we like understand. And we won't, we won't digest things or contemplate in meditation or prayer, things that we don't understand, you know? So I wanted to like, I started to have a little bit of a revelation on this topic. So I think the biggest thing is like realizing that like we can keep trying to fill our lives with more stuff and more jobs and more meaning, but we don't need more money. We need more meaning and we're not going to find meaning out on the external. We have to find it inside and it has to come out. Like it has to come out of us. Like the kingdom has to, you know, be it's introvert to extrovert. It has to like invert out of our hearts, out of our beings. And the creativity has to come from inside of us. But it doesn't happen when we try to buy more stuff. It has to happen when we stop buying stuff and stop buying the BS that like society gives us, you know. Exactly. And stop fighting those limiting beliefs. Like I'm, I'm a big affirmations guy. So like I actually, and I, this is just the fun thing. I'll wrap up here in a sec. But I um I'm I'm pretty busy, so I'll, I'll drive around a lot, and I'm driving quite a bit. And I was like, I could listen to Spotify, or I could listen to myself recorded affirming myself all day long. So like. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard I heard this really fun it's so amazing cuz it's working really well. But uh I heard Muhammad Ali say like before I was the greatest, I told myself I was the greatest. Like he would actually listen, like, he'd have earbuds or whatever he had a disc come in back in the day or record players dropped to his back or whatever but like there's guys like him and other athletes like for the lakers and stuff i heard in the 90s these guys would like train for like half an hour to an hour listening to themselves give themselves a pep talk of motivation and like affirmation so they'd be like you're gonna kill it on the court today you're the best you know you're gonna slam dunk that hoop every time you aim it's gonna be a success and like you're gonna crush the other team and stuff so like and i have more (laughs) spiritual undertones to mine i'm not i'm not just saying like i'm awesome or or anything like that, but I just kind of, like, say things, like, in an easy and relaxed manner, in, like, a healthy and a positive way, I'm now succeeding beyond my wildest dreams, and things like that, because, like, I think it all comes down to our belief system, like, what do we believe about ourselves, like, what do we believe about the world, and that belief can change over time, because it sure does when we become adults, so I'm like, what are my adult beliefs that are just kind of dumb, like, you have to work harder to make more money, that's dumb, like, that, that's an that's an opinion, but it's not may not, may not be the truth, you know, or you have to you know, you have to work harder, you have to put more money away to make more money or whatever. But like, um, there's all these limiting beliefs that limit adults, but like kids are pretty like curious and they never stop being curious until somebody tells them to stop. So I think we just need to bring back that curiosity and be like, you know, we have to retrain. Like it's going to take discipline and hard work to be not hard work, but it's going to take like, um, awareness i guess i want to say to be childlike like, a lot of us have to unlearn what we've learned mm-hmm. about being a grown-up so like part of for me is like a healthy takeaway for the listeners would be like you know what does god say about you what's the truth about who you are not about what society says but what's the truth and how can you let that truth like how can you germinate and soak in that truth so that it becomes a reality in your like external world because when we change our in- inner world our external world changes too and i've seen mine change like i I had an affirmation. I was saying, I'll meet the woman of my dreams in a timely manner this year. And I just like held that belief until it became like second nature. And then I met this girl in uh like two, with like a month left in the year, but I just knew it was going to happen because, but that belief was like, uh, I don't know. And then after a few weeks, it's like, maybe after a month or two, it's like, yeah, that could maybe happen. And then like after month six, I was like, I'm ready any second. Like it was just one of those things, but we can just, <laughs> we can like, we can just take back the ground from the enemy and choose to program our minds because our minds like a an operating system we can choose to like receive and transmit whatever kind of frequency or whatever kind of vibration or whatever kind of uh radio waves or whatever kind of thought we want we can like execute on it or we can like be grumpy or bitter yeah. or hostile we can be childish or we can be childlike and be like what if like the world's full of endless opportunities waiting to be explored and i'm just going to you know, today I'm going to be experiencing endless opportunities and thriving relationships and romance and adventure. Yeah. You know, like what if that was our belief, and then we we trained ourselves in righteousness to uphold that belief and prayed and meditated on it, and then it becomes your reality.
0: Yeah. So hundred percent, and I love that. And you know, what's cool is, is that even like all of that is been a reality for me too in a lot of ways. And I know that mm-hmm. some people, you know. Say that comes from a place of privilege or whatever, but it's like there's still that sense of just, like, knowing your your value and worth, the desire, and the execution on mm-hmm. that. And just the simplicity of that that I think, you know, is helpful for a lot of people. And, uh, yeah,
1: and just knowing that you want something out of life, right? Exactly, like, I think Jesus yeah. wants us to have desires, and a lot of our desires are good, but, like— you know a lot of the time we like society twists it and distorts it like our desire for love turns into pornography sometimes you know our desire for like meaning turns into money and so like when we kind of realign with Jesus and refocus and rebalance our desires we can actually just pray and be like god i want to be successful so i can give back you know i want to be you know i want to be a i want to be an amazing guy so i can meet the girl of my dreams you know like those are good desires but we have to want the right things too
0: yeah, yeah, and, and that just comes down to values aligning with our desires, and you know, absolutely, there's a, a lot of stuff that can be said about that. So, where can people uh, find your book? Pick it up, and uh, yeah. Get in so touch it's on
1: Amazon book. worldwide. Uh, my my Audible version is coming pretty soon in the next few weeks, but you can get Kindle, uh, hard copy, Amazon Prime. Just search. Go to Amazon.com and search the Childlike Heist, or go follow me on Instagram at Justin to Writing, or my blog is Justin Awesome.
0: Very cool. Well, friends, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode with Justin. And Justin, thanks for being on Spiritual Nomad Podcast and talking about some good old childlike faith, man. I love that stuff. So thanks for being (laughs) on.
1: Hey, thanks so much, man.